Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the TNT Podcast. I'm your host, KT Temple, and I am here with an amazing guest. We've got Dan French on, and we are going to talk a lot about real estate acquisitions today. Dan, thanks so much for being on with me, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure, KT. I'm a big fan of listening to a couple of your pods now, and uh, I love the energy, the entrepreneurial drive, and yeah, it's great, man. Awesome. Well, so for everybody who uh, is not familiar with you, give us a little description about yourself. Yeah. So I've been in real estate for uh, about 20 years now. So uh, transacting and operating real estate, you know, I started off in, in, in a really small way, in a, in a small partnership as well. Just And I've been with the same partner for 20 years, which has been a total blessing. His name is Pete Rex. And um, so started off just buying, you know, t- two unit type buildings, four unit type buildings, the kind of thing where you got to start somewhere. And, um, my background is like kind of a working class background. Didn't, didn't really know how to get into it, break into it. But I felt in my heart that it was, um, the right thing to do to build future wealth. And so that's where it all came from. And, and, you know, we, so we started investing in 2004 or five thereabouts. And, um, you know, just taking it back to those early days, it was tough, man. It, at first it seems like everything's going well, you know, and it's, when did you, you know, when did you get started? What year is this? Oh, four, oh, five, thereabouts. So oh, that, that is a tough time to get started. <laughs> yeah. Well, you feel good for a couple of years, right? You feel great. Yeah. And, and, but even though, even then, you, you know, I, I kind of had a concept like maybe this would become more passive real estate investing where, where I had a full-time other career really at that point. It wasn't, it wasn't really full-time real estate, honestly. And, and, but, but it became very, very active. And, and, and this is, might be a lesson for, for some folks in your audience, like, you know, when you think something's going to be passive, you should really check that because when your name's on the line and your reputation's on the line and it's your, you know, you have a lot wrapped into it, you, sometimes you need to get active. And, and if things don't go the right way, like like from an operational standpoint or your, your rents aren't coming in and, and you're trying to collect that rent, well, you got to go do it yourself. And so I've done all of that kind of thing. I've answered the maintenance call line of, you know, turnover units, um, We've got we've got I, something I, in, in Keller Williams. You know. We've got something called a, a seventh level real estate agent in in Keller Williams, the the, mm-hmm. the company I'm with, and uh, it it doesn't exist. I don't know any actual seventh level. And seventh level is when you place a CEO and then everything becomes passive. There's not one person I know that does that at an actual high level. You always get dragged back into it. No, totally. And yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's so that's such a good mental model. It's like because when when people try to set it up in a way that's not that you know that they're not prepared to go go in and do that nitty gritty, man, that's when people get really hurt. You know. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta be really. That's a good ideal. Like have the ideal in mind. The ideal is like mm-hmm. all right, boom. This is this is passive. It's gonna make me money. I'm gonna set something up a certain way. Great. Go have that ideal, but get ready to also do hard work. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, with nearly like two ex- two decades of experience, you're, you're at mm-hmm. how, how have you seen the real estate market evolve, especially in the context of investment strategies and property management? Yeah. So, by the way, fast forward, we get out of the you know we got hit hard by the great financial crisis. I don't want to go through that too much because but but it was a shockingly bad experience. You know, so much pressure and so much. You know, almost overnight, it became a different a different story of of how difficult it was to make rent payments or to make your mortgage payments, and so we had to fight and battle that. And but by 2011, I, I did do I started doing real estate full time, 
and have been full-time ever since. And we started doing much bigger deals, you know, so, yeah. so but between 2011, 2019, we bought $2 billion in, in assets um, total, r- really focusing on Florida and Texas. And we bought mostly these are multifamily apartment communities that are over a hundred units. Some of them are 250 units, awesome. some of them are 300, some are 100, you know, so, so that was a very successful run. It did very well. Um, the net IRR of that time was like a 22%, which is considered top uh, quartile Absolutely. in terms of return. So very, very successful, vertically integrated. That means we, we ran all the property construction management as well as all the real estate acquisitions. Um, and then we became, we've sold off a lot of that portfolio back in 2019 to 2020, which was a, a really good time to actually uh, harvest some of that equity and, and do a good job for our investment partners and, you know, we, we've, we've done that. And, and so we paused on the buy side for many years because we felt it was very frothy. So this is part of the, the thing, like, you know, you asked how the real estate markets changed over time. Yeah. I think when, when we started in 2011, right. I remember these deals were kind of, many of them were bank owned, almost left for dead, especially in Florida was hit very hard by the, by the great financial crisis. And if you, if you get into real estate um, in the last two or three years, you don't even remember this. Yeah. This is like like distant history, but I lived it. I saw I saw buildings that where they ripped the copper out, and it was like almost zero percent occupied, un, uninhabitable type buildings. Mm-hmm. Stuff uh, the the level of physical distress you just wouldn't see anymore. So, so it's interesting. Like the U.S. real estate market is in a world of hurt because people put debt that was floating debt on their deals, and now they can't cover that that debt. They're in, they're in big trouble. But I don't think it's anywhere near what, where it was in, in 2011, 12, 13. So, so that's part of how the real estate cycle changes. Like what are the debt markets doing? What are capital markets doing? What are the expectations? And let me pause there and, and see if you want to jump in. I'm, I'm just ra- – maybe I'm rambling. No, no. I, I love it, man. This is, this is a, you know, a lot of the people that listen to this, and we talked about this, are, are – newer agents a lot of time and some veteran agents that that like this podcast and these are conversations that they don't often get to have mm-hmm. you know i you know i spend a lot of time in market centers business centers brokerages and you don't hear these kinds of of conversations and these are conversations that you learn over time so was it your mentors that taught you how to have these conversations or was it just experience where how did you get led to being able to to go into these kind of deals with that confidence. Well, I think I think some of it's experiential. Like you know, you just have to make some mistakes. And, and luckily for us, I would say we, we made a lot of our mistakes in our twenties, and and really in our own on our own personal accounts. Like that was that was my own money really that that, that I lost or, or did I worked for many years and didn't didn't see a dime. You know, so delaying marshmallows is is very familiar to me. If your audience understands that, it's like this marshmallow test. If you can delay the marshmallows and think very uh, long-term uh, oriented. I think are you, are you people- referring to the, uh, the the test with the children on when you yeah, leave yeah. them inside? Yeah. If you don't know what he's talking about, there was this like study and they it was kind of mean, to be honest, where they mm-hmm. just, they they put marshmallows out in front of the children and they said, don't eat these and we'll give you right. an extra one. 
when we get back in the room and you just see these kids like holding a treat in front of a dog. They're just staring at these marshmallows. <laughs> yes, exactly. But but it's correlated that the ones the ones that were able to delay quote unquote the marshmallow, they they kind of had like more long term success. I think they tracked these kids over a number of years and 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 there's something to be said for that. I think even if you're you know you're setting up your own um, agency or you're trying to break into the business uh, for your audience, I think like most people they might not hit the first years, not like gangbusters, right? They have to really hit it hard. I, I was listening to one of your other podcast guests and he was talking about his journey and how he had to reach out to everyone he knew and like kind of almost like reinvent how they thought about him as, as a market expert and just all these different things you have to do. Um, so, so for us, I think it's experiential. But yeah, we had great uh, advisors. We had um, great early uh, investment partners that, that really kind of, gave us awesome feedback about how to think about, you know, being long-term oriented, um, you know, being downside protected, buying, buying the deal as well and how important uh, getting into a deal is, you know, and then also the debt markets, how that can really, as the, the cycles happen, you really have to be aware of it. Otherwise you can get, get caught really off guard. And so you're the CEO of ATX. What, what does ATX stand for? ATX acquisitions. Uh, ATX, yeah, Austin, so I'm based in Austin, Texas. Yeah, so I'm based in Austin, Texas. And we, you know, this is, so we had all that experience buying uh, $2 billion of, of assets, like I said, and um, betting on Florida and Texas. So we have the same geography uh, that we're focusing on. But we, we, we launched this as a brand new real estate investment firm or company because it's just easier. Like we had, you know, we still have a, a legacy portfolio in, in that in that other company I mentioned, maybe five hundred million dollars of assets. So it's it's more simple to just create a new entity and to go after uh, just a, a different buying opportunity. That's the way I look at it. Like back in the day, that was a that was a bet coming out of the Great Financial Crisis that Florida and Texas would would kind of like rage back, which they did. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, you know, I think we bet we bet very well as many other people did, and people vote with their feet, right, in the U.S. I think you, you're. What do you mean by that? Uh, so, so basically, if you're in a high tax, high regulatory state that might not have the best economic, you know, prospects for the for for future job growth and whatever, you know, in, in the U.S., a lot of people still are mobile and they're just going to vote with their feet and and move to a state with better opportunity. And we see this every day in Austin. I think the number is like 125 people per day come here. That's what I heard is uh, I was yeah. listening to another podcast and they were just like, that's why they built the highway system. So you could get out of those places that suck. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the we made the infrastructure yeah. for you to leave. <laughs> right. Right. So it's exciting, so, man. You, you know, you hear about like a Tesla in, in Austin. Many people mm -hmm. know that, that, that Musk now built a giant gigafactory here. Well, when they announced it, it was 5,000 jobs. And now they're saying it's going to be 60,000 jobs. And this is just a difference of like wow. a year, a year and a half where, where that projection changed. And, and then you think about all the different suppliers they need to, you know, set up right next door to the, to the gigafactory. So all these different activities happening, it's going to kind of snowball. And, and I think Austin's a, a very diversified economy as well. So I, I don't know if you want to get sidetracked with that, but ATX acquisitions, that's why it's called ATX. And it's, it's betting that the, the market disruption because of the interest rate hikes is going to cause a lot of people to sell mm. and uh, and then that way a new buyer can come in with a great basis. 
So, so we, what are some of know, the key strategies that you're really looking at? Because you've done two billion in assets under management. Mm-hmm. Is that right? We've done, yeah, uh, total yeah. transactions. Yep. So what what are the key strategies that really stand out to you to make that possible? There's many, you know, it's a, it's a lot. Like number one, you, we already know we're betting on certain states, and within those states, we want to bet on certain markets. Like, for example, in Texas, we love Austin and we love Dallas. Um, not excited about Houston and not excited about San Antonio. You know, just just to be honest, this is a part of the yeah. thesis, right? And and then even within Austin, you have to be very careful in, in Dallas because the new supply that's come online. Um, so. You know, new supply would be someone put a shovel on the ground, right, to, to build new apartments. Okay, well, that's going to have a big impact on any apartment that's right next door to that. Because you you can only draw from so many different people who want to live in a specific location, right? Yeah. So in some ways, like if you have a lot of new supply delivering right next to a, a, an already built product, you want to be very careful because your rent growth might be very depressed, right? So... So within the markets, we were very like, we have to go down to the sub market level is what they call it. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, you can't look at Austin as a, as a metropolitan, metropolitan area. You have to look at the really, really hyper local, um, sub market info. Okay. So, so we do that. And, and so that, that's number one, right? You want to bet on your markets. And then number two is you want to bet on specific locations within markets. You know, these would be like, how's a household income? How's a crime rate in the area? How are the schools? Um, it's really not that different from how people select their homes. I mean, yeah, it, it yeah. sounds exactly the same thing. It's the same stats, you know, you're mm-hmm. looking at when you're going to find where you want to raise a family. You know, same kind of deal. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and, and the home thing is a little, it's more personal, right? It's more like personal preference, and yeah. But you still, most people, I think, when they look at a home purchase, they're like, "Well, I don't want to buy in an area in ten years from now. It's going to be worth less than what I'm." today i want i want to have some yeah. appreciation uh, you know mostly it's shelter i think that people are buying they're buying it i mean to, if, if they're smart that's what they think right <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. if you can take your emotions out of it and that's you know if you are a you know residential real estate agent that's something i hope you're being coached in is helping your yeah. you're being coached on how to coach your clients on how to take their emotions out of it a little bit and just making sure that you're you know doing this as an investment and not just your your personal tastes uh for that acquisition it's the biggest uh investment that most people will make in their lives right so so you you definitely don't want to get too wrong and and preferably want to get it very right and so one of your other uh companies is rex what is your so is is rex your company or is this another company that you're affiliated with no i'm really like a partner at rex so um rex is so my business partner of 20 years that, that I've been building out multiple different business with businesses with, uh, and been very blessed to be a partner with him is his name is Pete Rex. So oh, he, gotcha. yeah, back in, yeah. So Rex.com, if you want to look it up, very exciting, you know, back in 2016 or, or thereabouts, um, we, we started, or he really took the lead here decided, um, we had so much, much like, you know, being a realtor, there's, there's now tech specifically built for you folks, right? Mm-hmm. Keller Williams and everyone else is, they're building the things specifically to solve pain points that you guys have. Yeah. And it's tailor made for you. So someone that, that's done a lot of multifamily can't just come in 
and, and be like, well, I understand the realtor world. No, it's, it's completely different world. Like good luck. Um, so we, we just felt like we had so many different ideas. Um, and, and we, and we knew that real estate needs to be disrupted from a technological or technology standpoint. Many things don't work well together. All these different technologies are so we're swimming in technology, but it doesn't integrate well. It feels and, like the 2000s era of how many different technologies are just competing against each other constantly. Yeah. And, and one stat that's, that's really fascinating is that construction productivity mm-hmm. is like one of the only things that hasn't really skyrocketed in the last 50 years. It's almost like stable. So huh. how, how productive your you know, construction, construction dollars are is, is not been really keeping up with the rest of the progress of, of, of everything else. You know, yeah. everything else has become easier. Construction has been stagnant and construction really relates to so much of real estate. So we, we're building things around construction tech to tool up maintenance, maintenance folks. You know, the people actually doing the work on site, um, operators who are actually doing the work on site vendors. And we have, um, you know, 10 different technology companies that we've launched of things wow. we personally know very well, you know, pain yeah. points that we, we've experienced. So they're, you know, they're, they're emerging. I would say they're beyond a little bit beyond like early stage where now they have different, they have customers they are being used. They're being kind of tested, perfected, and they're looking to, to grow. That's awesome, man. What, yeah. how long has that been going on for? Those all launched around 21, 2021. Awesome. Yeah. And so have you noticed yeah. how has the reception been to those technologies you guys are putting out? Um, well, you know, I just love hearing directly from customers. It's been very yeah. fun. There's, there's, we have some phone calls uh, that we've, that, that have been recorded, like for an, our insurance tech product. It's called InsurePro, where people just call up and they'll cry. They'll be like, I, I was totally against the wall. I thought I'd have to go out of business. You guys helped me stay in business. This is amazing. And you saved me money from where I thought I would be. <clears throat> That's, awesome. That's such a joy. You know, it's, 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 making your customers lives better is like what can be better than that? You know, it's like helping someone find their dream home. I I imagine that's gotta be like, boom, you know, best feeling. So what, what, what is, what's your game plan from here? What, what are you most excited about looking into? Cause we're in a, I don't know about you, man, you know, getting to talk to so many uh, business minded people like yourself. I, I have seen and heard everybody just saying it's a really weird decade. I mean, last mm. decade was weird. This, you know, we're in the middle of of this decade, and it's going to get weirder with AI, with technology, with real estate. What are you looking forward to? What are you paying attention to that you think other people should be? Oh, such a good question. Yeah, I would think num- number one is I I'm, I feel blessed every day that uh, that I wake up in the United States of America, and we're such a behemoth, man. We're so powerful. I don't mean that from a military or, or that kind of standpoint, just economically we're so productive. Then we have people, it's such a broad country and there's people all over the different regions doing different things. And and it's a lot of magic that's happening just from our capitalist system that that I think is not perfect, but it really is, is very exciting to see us like keep pushing forward. You know, when, when all the economists are saying, oh, a recession is about to, to happen, and, and yet the, the productivity of, of the American workforce is up, economy is still raging, unemployment's down. It's just, we're blessed, you know, just to be yeah. born here. So, well, you, you, you get being an American, you can hear all that and you can choose, okay, 
I'm just going to keep working. I mean, there's, you don't have to, there, there are effects in our economy that you can just ignore. Fortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can hear that there's a, there may be a recession all day long. Perfect. Keep betting on yourself. Keep, pushing yeah. forward with your businesses, making sure this works, pay attention to it. I don't mean like ignore it completely, but I mean, just keep betting on yourself. And that's kind of, to me, that's what this country was built on. Just keep betting on yourself and keep moving forward. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, um, so I would, I'd also keep my eye on like people being entrepreneurial and, and I think COVID maybe kind of sparked a lot of this where people felt like, well, maybe I don't need to be attached to this big corporation and I can just go out and do my own thing. And, you know, maybe that was you. I I don't know. I grew my hair out, man. As soon as COVID happened, I was like, man, I just quit cutting my hair and I'll work from home. This is awesome. I got spoiled by COVID. (laughs) Be free, but you're probably killing it better than you ever have been. So it's, it's best thing I ever did, man. Yeah. So maybe there's millions, millions just like you and, and, or they want to go for like a small team, you know, they don't need to join global corp and they can be sm- part of a small team, hopefully get some equity. And so they mm-hmm. can think about the future and be a real owner. And that's how you create real wealth. Yeah. So I'm excited to see all this stuff unfold. And I think the, the, the long range impacts of COVID are still being felt, you know, are we going to go back to office? Are we going to have this blend? What do you do with all the office buildings? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a weird time. You're right. It's, it's a very weird time, but I think our, our U S economy, especially certain States that, that we're betting on like Florida and Texas, I think are just like, boom, they have such advantages. Um, so what are you most concerned about? Uh, you know, I think, uh, probably the fed and what they're doing, yeah. you know, with the interest rates and are they going to cut and, you know, Probably uh, for a lot of really smart people say they just didn't need to go up so fast, you know, so they went up higher than expected. And, and also more importantly, I think faster than expected. So it just created like a sh- massive shock. It was scared everybody, you know, I mean, it, it freaked. If you're a small business owner, if you were looking to buy something, if you were looking to sell something, I mean, every, you just didn't know how high that was going to go. And that is yeah. scary. Yeah, I think, I think everyone wants more certainty now. It's like, well, what's really, just tell me, you know, telegraph it at least, you know, what's going to yeah. happen. And and folks in their homes too, like they get trapped in their homes, right? Because they're thinking, how do I ever leave this 3% mortgage? Because if I leave here, I got to go get what, a 7 or 8% mortgage? Like that's that's hundreds of dollars at least to people every month that they can't afford. So they're stuck, they're house trapped. And I think that's dangerous for, for, uh, for the economy because you want people to be able to go chase opportunity. They, they should be able to go from New York to Texas. But if they feel house-trapped, there's less likelihood that they'll do it. Oh, so. yeah. They can't use that highway system for, for people to leave their towns. <laughs> yeah. well, awesome, man. So uh, a- anything else? What, anything else you want to talk about that, that you know, is really important to you and your businesses? Well, we're very uh, mission focused, like the, the mission uh, part of our uh, orientation of, of how we look at the world is, is really important. So we're, we're always trying to like elevate humanity okay. in our business uh, and empower people. And what's your mission? The mission is to elevate humanity and, and to em- empower others. So, so like, well, I'm sorry, what's, what's the, you know, how are you going about doing that? Oh, like on, on the tech side, I mean, there's a lot of what we're building is meant to people to get people even more productive. Uh, so if you, if you think about someone who's a vendor out there, right. 
if they don't have good technology tools and they don't know how to build their business, they, they might just be, you know, stuck in, in just running jobs on their own, right? Which, which is kind of limits you to how yeah. big you can get. So, but if you imagine if you can run, all right, two people and then the technology gets even better, it's, it's easier to get insurance, easier to get your team paid, easier to run your books. And then, all right, now you have two people, you go to 20. So like empowering people to, they do it on their own, but you have to empower them. Someone has, needs to be thinking about like, how do we empower these, these people who are the backbone of our, our economy, but they need better yeah. tools. And not a lot of people build tools for them. They build tools for social media. You know, they build tools for getting you a coffee in five minutes. Like who's building tools for the people who are actually producing? So we, we, we love to think about it that way, empowering people, empowering our investors to live better lives too. And I think there's a misconception, like if you're investing in real estate, you're automatically uh, you know, the most wealthy person in the world. A lot of these folks just have, they want to invest 50,000, 25,000 or lower if they can. And it's very meaningful to them. And it's they, a gamble. I mean, it, it's not, yeah, it's most of the time their life savings that they are gambling with when they do that. Yeah, no, it's a big, it's, it's a stewardship of assets yeah. is, is huge. And if you can, can give people great returns, wow, you have empowered them. You can yeah. empower them to have a great retirement, send their kids to better schools, have a nice family vacation, you know, things that really are very meaningful to people. So I, I yeah. think if we begin with the end in mind, that's, it makes everything more joyful. So I love I love the idea of, of empowering people with technology. I uh, my grandfather recently, and he's, I mean, he's on flip phones, man. He does not do technology at all, and he tried to go on a vacation by himself to Egypt, and he made it from Charlotte to New York City, and that's as far as he got. I mean, he yeah. if you can't work a smartphone you're not getting out of the country anymore. I mean, it is right. incredibly challenging. So I love the fact that you're going about it with technology because if you don't know, you're trapped now. I mean, you've got to mm -hmm. understand even the fundamentals just to be mobile, to be able to get around. I mean, it is, it's part of our society now. So, yeah. so I love that, man. So if anybody wants to uh, get a hold of you, learn more from you, uh, how would they reach out to you? I would share my cell phone. Uh, you know, I think... Text me is, is great. It's it's 845-629-1808. So feel free to do that. But but you know, LinkedIn is great. Daniel French, um, ATX Acquisition. So D French at atxacquisitions.com. Um, even just to trade ideas and around the future of real estate and you know what we see, you know, if you, uh, or if you have ideas around Florida and Texas, deals you might have or investment, uh, people who are looking for great investment opportunities. Yeah. Reach out. We'd love to talk to you. Fantastic, man. Well, thank you so much for being on guys. All of his information will be in the description below. Uh, remember if you are looking to buy, sell, invest in real estate, you can find us on the templeteam.com. And if you are looking to scale your business at a higher level and you're ready to hire that next person, feel, re uh, feel free to reach out to us at Cyberbacker Carolinas. Dot com will help you get connected with a top virtual assistant to really help you out in your business. Dan, I can't thank you enough for being on here. I learned a lot. I'm sure our audience did. Uh, so thank you. Really appreciate you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me.